1: Welcome to another episode of Zero Ales and Hockey Tales with Wally. And today I'm so excited to have on a nine and Swansick-year-old, a 29-year-old from St. Albert, Alberta, Canada. A fourth round selection of the St. Louis Blues. His hockey journey has taken him to Canada, the USA, Denmark, and Germany or Deutschland. Ran amok and is a legend with the St. Albert Raiders. Winning D-Man of the Year and got drafted 8th overall to the dub with the Everett silver tips. He then earned his way onto team Pacific Canada in the under 17s mucked around with those silver tips for two and a half years before they traded his ass to the Brandon wheat Kings. And just after his third season of junior folks, he got a taste of the AHL. Would have been so young he might have needed a cage. He then mucked around Junior for two more seasons before heading to the University of Calgary for a year, then dove in back into pro hockey with the rush of raps, Rapid City. And just like yours truly, headed for Europe after one year in North America and spread his hockey wings with the Bulldogs of Odense, Denmark. Then he headed for Germany and seems to have found his home as he's been mucking it up for the past five seasons in my old honey hole, the DL2, with the Castle Huskies, the Foxes of Whitewater, or Lausitzer Fuxe, <laughs> and the Shed Favourite Selber Wolves, the Ice Pirates of cremichow And he is now set to run amuck with the Saleh Bulls Holly. <laughs> Welcome to my grandma's cottage, Nick Walters.
2: <laughs> Thanks for having me. How's it going?
1: Good. Um, Again, now we know each other. Nice to meet you.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Nice to meet you.
1: Um, I always say shed guys, no shed guys. And uh, I just had your old goalie on Uncle Jerry, eh?
2: Yeah. Jerry. Shed guys, no shed guys. That's for sure.
1: They do. That's a good picture of you two bumping heads after uh, a big W there, it looks like. Yeah, for sure. Um, Actually, for a lot of your poster picks, I saw on the bottom corner, it said JMD Photography. That person, yep. whoever they are, can take a mean photo, eh? Yeah,
2: Jan, I believe his name was, uh, yeah, he, two years, he took a lot of good pictures of me in Castle.
1: Yeah, like, and I'm pretty sure he's, that's the same thing I saw in the picture where Jerry was in Castle, and he's, like, looking up, and the spotlight's yeah. looking right down on him. What a yeah, photo sure. that one was. You know which one I'm talking yeah. about. <laughs>
2: I think that's actually up for, uh, I think that Dell 2 trying to figure out the photo of the year.
1: Well, there can't be a better photo than that. I don't think so. <laughs> no. Um, but anyways, um, I get into how we know each other. Um after Jerry came on, we were ranked fifth in Germany in hockey podcasts, and that's pretty neat speaking English, right? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, one second. And we're back. Headsets off, folks. Here we go. Um, anyways, after Jerry came on, I had a fan when I put um on there uh what did i put winning is fun or something like that and um some fan wrote and beating up fans is fun and i'm like what are you talking about i had no idea um and then he sends me some photo of jerry just coming out of the room really upset enraged but like went over towards the other team's fans and maybe maybe threw a push not even a punch it was nothing And, um, anyways, this guy was roasting Jerry about it. And I was like, "I I can't comment. I've never seen the video. Then once I saw the video, I'm like, well, that's not beating up a fan. That's, that's, uh, from what I understand, standing up for your family and your children. And then I heard the whole story and I saw the video of the guy in the crowd and I posted and I said, this is not a shed guy. The guy looked like an absolute lunatic. Yeah, totally nuts. And the look in his eye and the way he's looking at the person that videoed that. And then when I heard what he was saying about what should happen to Jerry and what should happen to his children and what should happen to his wife. And then he finds that out in a locker room after a game. What would you do if someone's saying something like that to your kids and your wife in the crowd, like that is so unacceptable. We're just hockey players and he's just out there playing hockey for the other team, you know? Well you know that's what I think most hockey players
2: could say you know a lot of these people they don't understand that like what we go through right and and it's not like we're out there trying to mess something up for them and I know they're passionate about whatever and they're passionate about their team that they cheer for or whatever but you know at the end of the day we're still human beings same as you know anyone else and you know, I always look at it as you know, if you work in an office or a metal factory and whatever, you know, we don't go to your place of work and call you out, and then call your wife or children or your mom or dad or whatever out, and you know, so I, 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 that's where, I don't understand. You know,
1: I don't understand how that. When I saw the guy and I saw what he was acting like, and it's like, how can you consider yourself a fan of hockey the way you're acting? You're just a lunatic, like. You're you're not there to cheer on your team. You're there to just be a disgrace, really. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah, really. And you know, probably, you know, uh, as the Germans, they probably had a, he probably had a couple too many cold ones, and you know, and it can escalate from there. And but at the end of the day, if that's how you get when you're watching hockey and drinking beer, then maybe you shouldn't watch hockey and drink beer.
1: You uh, know, I don't know if it was just beer, but <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. he was he definitely didn't look mentally stable in the video I saw, but you know, maybe Jerry could have, I don't know, let the team know, let some, the league know, but in the heat of a moment, and especially with definitely. all the adrenaline of a hockey game, and then you get sent videos and you're, you're told what's been going on in the crowd. And yeah, he has a temper. he's a competitor and he went out and let that person know it was unacceptable, but from what I understand, like the backlash and what how the fans and German hockey fans have treated him since this incident, I think they need to give their head a shake and learn what actually went on. And um I think it's embarrassing, you know.
0: Yeah, and I, I think that's
1: what I love about this, though, is after he came on, a couple people wrote, I had a whole mit- wrong misconception of him. He's a way better person than I realized, and blah blah blah. And that's what I love is because I think there's hockey players out there that are misunderstood and are, they're shed guys and fans or people have different conceptions of them just because of how they compete or whatever,
2: you know? Yeah, sure. 100%. Yeah. And, you know, like like you said, it was the heat of the moment and, you know, that's his loved ones. Those are his kids. Those are, and you know, I, I can't say how I would react in that situation because I've never been in a situation like that. But, you right. know, if that's my girlfriend or my mom or my dad or my
0: siblings
2: right. or whatever,
1: I can't tell you how I'd react. Exactly. Because uh, it's just so wrong to be bringing people's yeah. wives and kids into a hockey. Yeah. It's just anyways, I better move on. Right. I just. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, how uh, this has. uh also happened was i was supposed to be a guest on someone else's pod today and i woke up and then they canceled for today and i was like well that's great now i get to hit the shed and i messaged you right away because we messaged back and forth a bit after jerry was on and um yeah shed guys no shed guys but um anyways i I thank you for stepping up with an i love when i wake up in the morning and i gotta uh, i want to chat and i want to talk hockey and get to know a hockey dude And uh, that you stepped up. You're a gamer. Thank you. (laughs) No problem. I I appreciate you having me on your podcast. Well, it's fun. And it's nice meeting a Canadian over in Germany because I may know a thing or two about it, you know?
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, For sure. I saw you. How long were you in Germany? Five,
1: six years? Six years. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Six years. Yeah.
1: Yeah. One year I was hurt the whole year. But like, it's interesting how you leave a place, right? Like, I think Germany is a place I loved. Uh, I loved my time there. I haven't chatted with as many guys over there, probably because of the way it ended for me in Germany. If I would have only had that first year where I ran amok and we won the championship, um, and that was my memories of Germany, I'd probably be chatting to tons of German folks. But then when things didn't go the same way in the last couple of years, it, it wasn't the same taste in my mouth, you know?
2: <laughs> yeah, for sure. And I, because I watched Jerry's episode on the podcast and I heard it didn't, you know, go so well at the end for you the last couple of years. So it's too bad, eh? you enjoy it you know so much and you know you make so many relationships and friendships and then you can kind of all just
1: well the the German hockey family is small and once you're into it like it's all the same guys and um, it's the same guys every year and you become part of the league and the people and the fans and you know everything about every town and um, the team and the organizations and, and then all of a sudden it's just over and you just you head home at the end of that season like I've never been back to Germany
2: you know crazy crazy yeah. so I, where, and and in, in, why, where are right you now, now. you're I, in germany yeah yeah and i like i was just gonna say I'm, I'm in the middle of it and i could imagine never not being here right now right like because i'm in the middle of it but it's crazy yeah. and then you say and you how don't think dead, of that it until
1: happens. you're on the other side yeah so um yeah but- and, uh, yeah so i'm in i'm
2: in germany right now i'm in actually i'm in weiss foster oh beautiful white uh, water yeah that's where I met my uh, girlfriend when I at the towards the end of the year when I played here and
1: yeah. Well, so you played in vice foster and so watch your toes. We're going to start dropping names. Okay. <laughs> Cause I can show you how small the hockey world is for a guy I've never met and didn't know who you were until Jerry came on. And that's what I love about this stuff. Um, we're all very connected. Vice foster. Your goalie was Mac Carruth. He's a shed legend. <laughs> And um has gotten showered in Twix all over the world. <laughs> <laughs> He's a bit of a competitor, isn't he? Yeah, Max. That would be
2: probably a lot of people's first way to define him would be is he is a competitor.
1: <laughs> yes, he sure is. Um, and uh I guess Vice Vosser normally, if like because I know a bit about that league, they're usually a smaller budget team and they're trying to just get into the playoffs about right and that's not always the funnest seasons to have, no.
2: Uh, and and like my year was the COVID year when I came here, right? So uh, it was okay. like I didn't even get the experience because you know the fans here in Vice Foster they're awesome, right? But when I was here, empty barn everywhere we went, our barn. So yeah, I was it, my year in Vice Foster. I can't really comment towards other people's years in Vice Foster because it was the COVID season. It was kind of
1: that's totally different totally different um yeah is it still the really long walk to the arena from the dressing room when you were there no our uh well uh, if you're the away team no no I shouldn't say that
2: no the away team it's a normal And the the home team we walk right out and yeah no it's both
1: so you're in the new barn
2: yeah the new barn yeah
1: um so I was in the I guess you'd call it the middle barn because did you ever see or hear about the old arena that was before the one I would have played in? It was an outdoor barn that was out back that was like just dug into like a dug into the ground and the seats were the ground. And uh, another guy, you know, um, was there. Um, actually, maybe you don't know him. Yeah, you do. Richard Gelke.
2: Yeah, yeah, Richie. Yeah, I played with Richie in cell, but also one year.
1: Yeah. And he's from Vice Foster. Yeah, he's from Vice Foster. Yeah. Yeah, he's a shed guy, too. See, I know a lot, yeah. a, lots of guys you know have been to the shed. <laughs> but that old, old arena in Weisswasser is is up there for best barns I've ever seen, ever. In well, It right. is the, the coolest one I've ever seen with my own eyes.
2: I honestly think my girlfriend's dad played in that rink because he used to play oh, professionally. Yeah. Back way back in the day went back in the days when it was playing Berlin 20 times uh, or 30 times he
1: was on that team (laughs) I don't if I remember correctly and uh
2: you know I think he he played on those teams back then yeah
1: um well I remember going to that arena and you know you got time to kill and you can only play so much two touch um I walked around and was checking out the pictures of stuff and they literally played there was two team league when yeah. the wall was up and they were on the east side, right? And it was, they just played each other over and over again. Yeah. Crazy. Small I, I couldn't even
2: imagine some of
1: the battles you get into. I can't imagine. Because best of sevens enough where you really hate each other by the end. I can't imagine <laughs> yeah. the best of a regular season. <laughs> uh, but they say jeans are a thing. And if he was an athlete, sounds like your gal's an athlete too, huh? Yep.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, she is an athlete, and she had an unbelievable volleyball career. And uh, yeah, it's crazy how uh, it works. How uh, you know, I I actually never thought coming to Vice Foster Germany that I would meet someone like her, and that we would still be together now. I think what is it going to be three years coming up? So
1: well, love is love, and hockey players are all over the world now, aren't they? <laughs> Yeah, you never know when they're gonna meet, but like there's hockey guys all over Germany that went over there to play hockey and never left. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's for sure. Um, so yeah, she was like, well, she she was like a world champion volleyball player, right? Yes, yeah, she so she played eight professional years
2: in Germany and then she branched as uh out over into France and did two years there, and then she did a Half a seat, not even three, three and a half months in Hungary, and ran into some. The you know I guess when it uh, the agent called her and talked to the team, they had the money, they had this, they had that. Yeah. She got there. They didn't have a half months. No paycheck. They didn't have jersey. They played their preseason games in practice jerseys, like.
1: Sounds just like what happens with hockey guys. They go over to Europe and they don't know where they're going and they don't know what it's about. And they get there and realize that that's the team that's gone bankrupt five different times and now has a different name, right? (laughs) Yeah. But
2: yeah, no, her time in uh, when she was eight years in Germany, I think they won three times the German championship. uh, Another three times uh, the... Champions League or something like that for volleyball and stuff like that so and the yeah, sad so she part was a is player, though, eh? yeah she and then I, she was also on the national team for a little bit
1: and yeah she was a high end big time yeah.
2: women's volleyball
1: in germany so then how do you two meet when you're running a muck in vice <laughs> <laughs> so funny uh me mac kruth
2: one of the other imports who was there, John Martin at the time, and I don't know, one or two of maybe the young German guys, we uh, went to one of the doner shops here in Weissfosser. Yeah, and, you did. <laughs> we were just sitting in line and I was a single. A love story and...
1: starting in a donor shop? That is like <laughs> my favorite story ever. <laughs> yeah, so
2: me and uh, Johnny Martin were uh, just sitting there, you know, and just talking bull- bullshit. And, you know, yeah. this town has no girls. There's nothing even nice to look at. You know, just, and then Mac goes, hey, boys, you know, uh, there's actually this one pretty hot uh, volleyball player from Vice Foster. <laughs> and then me and Marty were like, oh, yeah, who, who is she? And then he, Mac showed us on Instagram because Mac knew her because Mac stayed the one summer here in Vice Foster to train and whatever, and he had uh, bumped into Katarina at the gym. And I was like, hey, Mac, what's her Instagram handle, whatever, and then I followed her on Instagram. I sent her a direct message. She messaged me back. We messaged on Instagram. You sent her a direct message. (laughs) (laughs) And then I uh, said, Hey, this is kind of dumb. Why are we talking on Instagram all the time? Uh, Can I get your WhatsApp or your number? And she gave it to me. We talked on WhatsApp for, I don't know, a week. Then I got the courage to ask her if she maybe she was in France, right? She was still away. And I said, hey, like, maybe do you want to FaceTime one night, you know, when you're done with volleyball? And she said, yeah. And then we FaceTimed and we talked basically for two months over this, like, WhatsApp and whatever. And then she came back to Vice Foster. And you had never met in person. Never met in person. And, yeah, we. This is a love story. We got donies
1: involved. We got FaceTime.
2: (laughs) Yeah, she came over to the apartment. I cooked her dinner, glass of wine, and we talked, and we it was really awesome, and then the
1: rest is history. So, do Sprechen ein bisschen Deutsch. Very ein bisschen Deutsch. <laughs> so, you guys speak English together, then? Yeah,
2: and it's lucky for me, because she is a volleyball player. In the volleyball world, same as hockey, English is the number one language. So, so yeah. she spoke really good English, right?
1: Yeah, and the the German guys I hung out with, their English was awesome right yeah yeah it's uh well that's a cool story and um yeah now you're in vice in the summertime eh? so did you even go home no
2: this is gonna this is my first summer that i will not be going back to north america
1: oh dear love is love eh? <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's for sure so when do you gotta like start training camp because germans are crazy when it comes to training camps i used to have to be there at the start of July, a couple times, like July first. That's that's your whole summer. Yeah, that's that's right when summer's getting good. Well, and I I've been to the finals the year before, so I literally had like no summer. It was nuts. Crazy.
2: Uh, yeah, and so in Hala, we're starting this year. Uh, August twenty first is the first day of training camp for us.
1: Well, that's not bad. Sounds like that so- that's way better than what I've been through um so you want to hear some more small let's drop some more names on your toes for your team this year you're gonna have patrick schmidt played with him in beating great dude i've been trying to get him in the shed for a while now he toys yeah with yeah nice i think he said he'd come on one day and then sometimes he, he, he we just haven't made it work yet but he's a shed guy he's a dandy you'll like him
2: well once i get there and i get to know him i'll tell him if he hasn't been on yet then i'll
1: Give I'll him nudge. a nudge, give him a nudge, tell him to get in the shed, right? Yeah. And the next guy is Brett Perlini. He was like small world here. Matt Carruth was just his like apartment neighbor last year when he was in the shed. He's like, he's living above me um, with Herning. So he's going to be on your squad now.
2: Yeah. And I actually played with Brett my first year. I actually lived with Brett in the coast for, I don't know, three months. See, this is a Rappel small Street.
1: world, folks. Gets weird when we start talking about it, right? Yeah. (laughs) And by the way, Small World is I like, I didn't even know Matt Cruth when I started this. So now I'm like part of the family. His old man sent me Jackson Hole Moose swag. I got a jacket, pants, a hat. I'm wearing my Jackson Hole Moose pants right now. um, And it's pretty neat what's come out of the shed from chatting around. And now I know all these cool dudes, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Anywho. Okay more small world here. Cause those are two guys I know for this year, but you also played in Krimichow. Confirmed shed guy, Dominic Walsh would have been on your team. Yeah. Walsh, a great guy. Walsh, he's a beauty. eh? He was just a young punk when I played with him in Hellbron. And then I think since that year, he has been in Krimichow ever since.
2: Yeah. I remember I, I was, cause I was, cause he's from uh where's he from? Ingolstadt or Ezerloin or something. And I remember asking, I was like, Hey, Walsh, he, like, you know, you've been here 10 years now. Did you ever think back when you came? he said, Wally, I came here. I was 24 years old. I thought it was going to be a one, maybe two year thing. And then he met his at the time girlfriend. The and gal.
1: Love is love. It'll like the and guys everywhere. <laughs> daughter. And it's crazy. Yeah. And we, I just got in contact with him for the first time, literally since I left Hal Braun back in 2000, what's that? 12, 13. Um, and, uh, like, as soon as you write to a guy, and he's like, what, Brent Walton? And I'm like, yeah, man. <laughs> so I can't wait to catch up with him in the shed. He's a beauty. Yeah, he is. Okay, more small town or small world stuff. So you were in Castle with Jerry, but my other, one of my other favorite young German Spielers that I ever played with was Marco Mueller. He was with me in Beedingheim and Hellbronn, and he was a great dude.
2: Yeah, Marco is an unbelievable guy yeah and he's Hard like
1: work. isn't it it's so neat for me to see all my little puppies that like their rookie seasons in pro were when i was like on their you know i was one of the guys on the team that was supposed to teach them what's up <laughs> and now i see all these guys become legends for places richard Gelky's a captain you got walshy and krimichow for a decade marco's now a legend in uh castle and these were my guys and then Corey mapes was a legend in hellbron good stuff
2: yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and I think Marco actually just—I uh, think uh, he just became a dad a few months ago. It's crazy because you know when I played with him, you know, all said, these now, puppies grow
1: years. up. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. It's crazy. And like Max,
1: about to have a kid too.
2: Yeah, that's right. Kira, his uh, his wife is yeah, that's right. They're about to have a baby too. Yeah, crazy, it's,
1: it's crazy watching people go through what I went through because I. It's interesting how I can relate to the younger generation of guys because like i did go through having kids in germany cardiff wales and like the ups and downs of pro hockey and the, also the feeling of like well pro hockey wasn't what i always envisioned it as a young kid and it isn't everything i hoped it would be sometimes right <laughs> hey
2: you're, you're talking to a guy yeah hey, that's for sure that's i can totally relate to that my hockey my professional hockey career is not even close to what i thought it was going to be
1: Right. And, and everybody's got a different path. And like, I know, and it's like, I saw you're on under 17 with team Pacific. And at that point, and those young guys lives, they all think you're going to the NHL, right? We all thought you're going to make it if you're on that under 17 team and you made it out of all those other kids. I got to go to the final camp and thought that was really cool that I was with guys that were going to make the NHL eventually. And I thought it was neat. I got to play with those guys, but like, The guys that made those teams, they all thought they were going to the NHL, but then I pull up that team today, and there was only one NHL logo beside a player, right?
2: On the on the team that I was on. Yeah. And who's that? Probably Matt Dumba.
1: Or yeah, because he hasn't signed, he didn't have it, but it was actually Morgan Riley. So it's the two of them. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, Morgan Riley. Yeah, it's I know it's crazy. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and it doesn't always like it doesn't always play out the way you think. It's like for me, I never thought I was gonna get close. And then once I got close and I went to the NHL training camp and everything, like I didn't get close. And it was like, well, that sucks.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. know it was crazy. My it's, you know, like, like I just said, I never envisioned that I was going to come to Europe or anything like that. And I thought if it didn't work out, say the NHL, I'd be like an American league guy,
1: but and well, so you, well, we can just go with this flow then is you did, Get drafted fourth round to St. Louis. It doesn't look like you signed an actual contract. It looks like you probably signed one of those tryout contracts at the end of your third year in the dub, which you're young then, eh?
2: Yeah, I was 18, and it's not very often 18 year olds uh, get to play in the American League. But so what? I got drafted, and my first year being drafted with St. Louis was the lockout. Oh, the lockout and suck. We never had. Uh, Uh, training camp in you know the in September so they wanted me after I finished in Brandon just to get a little taste and experience of professional hockey uh, to go down to Peoria and uh, get a taste you know they said you might not even play a game you might get some games in but we just want you to be around the professionals and the pros and just you know get a feel for because they thought coming up the next year that'll help me going into training camp
1: and it's true, though, because um, I didn't know what it took. I didn't know what pros were like and how how competitive it gets in North America. Because when I got to Syracuse at the end of my senior year of university, I learned a lot about what pro hockey takes and everything. And um, it is a jump, eh?
2: Yeah, hey, it was I, – I remember <laughs> – I was practicing and it was like, Hey, it's my first professional or second professional practice. And it was a hard practice and the every pass is hard right on the tape. If if you have the limp limp hand or the grip on the stick, it's going right through. So we have, I have this, you know, hour, hour, 10 minutes, hard first pro practice. And then, you know, I'm bagged and I want to get off the ice when coach says practice is done. And but if you're one of the
1: young guys. You're just starting the practice. <laughs>
2: yeah. And he grabbed, <laughs> Wally, where are you going? Practice is over. I'm going to the dressing room. No, 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 no. We got work to do.
1: <laughs> yeah, we do. Yeah. And I think I was out there for
2: another 40 minutes just getting See, bagged.
1: Yeah. And, like, so you would have been 18. And that's pretty acceptable at 18. But, like, for me, I had just been, like, a college guy that was putting up a lot of numbers. I was up there in NCAA scoring. And then – they say they want to take the first look at you and then you get there and you're not playing as much as you thought you would. You're not getting the chance on the power play. You're not getting the chance with the high end players. And, um, and then you go to, you're living in a hotel. And for me, all my college buddies were back having a time enjoying the end of our senior year. And I'm literally living in a hotel with guys that are just competing with me it's not like a hockey family and then you go to the rink and you do the practice and then you get absolutely bagged after practice (laughs) hey
2: i know and all the other guys that you kind of you know i was only there maybe four or five days but you know you kind of get little friendships here and you know they're they've all been out of the rink for an hour by the time you're done and showered and ready You You don't feel like
1: part of it. You don't feel like part of the team when you're not all walking out of the locker room together and you're not hanging out with them in the locker room after a practice. Like when you stay out uh, on the ice and everybody else is shooting the breeze and chatting about what they're going to do for the day and you're out there bag skating, you don't feel like part of it.
2: No, that's for sure. So, yeah. And then you have to go for lunch by yourself and then you go have to walk back to the hotel by yourself. And yeah, (laughs) but you know, at, at that point, you know, I had in my head, I'm here for a reason. I'm trying to learn. I'm trying to get better. But looking back on it now, no, it wasn't the funnest.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, it's pretty neat. You, they wanted you to be there at that age. Um, you must have been high on the radar at one point there because um, that's 18 years old in the AHL is uncommon.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: So, so yeah, I remember sorry. the
2: first game that I, uh, that I actually got into, I think I only played literally two shifts maybe. And I think I can't remember Norfolk Admirals and Ryan Ellis is running power plays, and I'm just like I am nowhere even close to this yet.
1: <laughs> uh, there's some players in the AHL. Uh, when you get there and you're like, how is this guy not in the NHL? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, other I got to drop one more a couple more names down just because I had them written down for the small world is you played a year in Denmark in Odense. Eh? Yeah. I won a gold helmet with Henrik Nielsen. Hank. Yeah. Yeah. He was all, he was a young fellow. When I played with him, he'd muck her up on the third, fourth line and just give her a, you'd he, muck it up out there. Yeah. He's a hard nosed Danish Viking. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and, uh, he's a good dude. And I, I won with him and you never forget the, at uh, the teammates you win with. That's for sure. You know,
2: no nope.
1: other guy, Dale Mitchell. He's a confirmed shed guy that we haven't figured out the timing yet. Cause we're both busy, but, um, He's living not too far away from here, and he just won the Sutherland Cup as a head coach around here. So yeah,
2: it's crazy when Dale. When I heard that he was getting into coaching, I never would have thought that he was a guy who would get into coaching. But he's having lots of success with it, and I'm I'm proud of him and pumped for him. And yeah, it's crazy how different you know past the past
1: people take. So you didn't think he'd be a coach for me. I I didn't have the confidence in myself when I left the game to be a head coach, and it it was it was doing it and doing it with teams that I got more confidence uh, coaching kids. And um, I, I, it's interesting when um, you get more confidence, you can do more things and you believe in yourself more and it's the same in hockey, right? You have to believe in yourself or it doesn't work. Yeah, that's, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. But um, he seems like he's doing a hell of a job being head coach and the quote that stuck with me um, that, he said, like, cause he runs development camps in the summers. He does all sides of hockey. But when he was going to the Southern cup finals, I said, I won it 20 years ago and we still have a group chat. And I said, go get them. And he said, they talk a lot about development with young kids. He says, but I think winning breeds something different. And I couldn't agree more learning how to win and winning stuff. Um, like those kids will be friends for life. It, it yeah. builds different relationships it gives you a deeper love of the game. It I, There's so much to winning that I think he gets, you know?
2: Yeah, the, for sure. 100%. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I learned the most from my second year in Castle. We were an unbelievable team. The only thing that sucked about it, we couldn't do the playoffs because COVID hit. But that was, for me, the best team that I had ever been a part of. We, and no one cared,
1: you know, Who's about... the goals? You just I'm, cared who won
2: ice time who scored everyone just came to the rink every single day wanting to work wanting to the best out of each other we all cared for each other and yeah it was the best that was the best experience of a hockey team that i have ever had
1: and that sounds exactly like what a team needs to win so then what happened that season looked like you guys only played three playoff games
2: this so my no covid happened oh yuck really yeah so my first year in castle we were i think we finished sixth or seventh we played the pre-playoffs we lost then i came back the second year we had an a wagon of a team like i'm telling you we would have won i honestly believe we're gonna win the
1: championship in germany when they decide to go for a championship and they put it they pour in the money you can build some squads the beatingheim Steelers know that from 2009
2: (laughs) so yeah and then We, you know, we get when the playoffs start, because there's always the pre-playoffs, you always get like a week break. So we got a two day break and my dad was actually visiting. First time my dad ever got over to Germany, watched the last two regular season games. First time my dad seen me play pro hockey in probably since the coast for three years, four years. That's crazy. We go to Berlin. We have a really nice day and a half in Berlin. Come back. We get to the rink to start practice. We find out season's canceled. Basically, all the North American guys, you guys got to get home as fast as you can because we don't know what the border situation is. And,
1: and this was, was in Castle. Yeah. So that was the team that had the best chemistry and that nobody cared. Yeah, that was, was just a team. That, out
2: of my... How many years of pro have I played now? Going into eight. Out of eight years, that was the closest team that and i truly believe we were going to win the championship that year and
1: and to me what's interesting is when you do win in germany and the community and the fans embrace those players forever for winning um like if you guys do get to play those playoffs and you do end up winning it i, I bet you jerry coon's still their goalie
2: <laughs> yeah for sure 100
1: i agree with that yeah yeah and, you know and then you get it taken away from you without even getting to compete. That's brutal. Yeah, it was – It was.
2: and, like, you know, on those winning teams, you're so close with the guys, right? Because there's some teams you play on and you're not so good and you can't wait to get maybe get out of there. Yeah. But I, we didn't want to leave. We didn't want to leave. We wanted to, to do it. And then I do we know what
1: told, you
2: mean. We were just told everyone and, you know, the North American guys, you guys got to get out and it was like we didn't even have time to even celebrate you know that year that we had the regular season we just and, were told.
1: and team you know i've never seen the same team twice ever anywhere in hockey there's never the same team twice
2: oh and you know and i remember my exit meeting with with the coach and i said hey i really think this is a team you know and i would love to come back because I, I didn't have the another year uh contract and i told him i said hey i would love to come back I really think this is the group that can do it. And, you know, he just straight up looked at me and said, Wally, I appreciate everything you've done here the last two years. It's been awesome. You know, I really like you as a player, love you as a person, but we're not interested in having you back. Is that and Rico so Rossi? That that. No, that was Tim Keller.
1: Oh, that's uh, that's tough Rico, to hear, right? Uh, it's yeah, tough. It, to, it's tough to hear stuff like that. It was like like I always say at the end of my career, I had some bitter taste in my mouth over the game. Wow. Well, some teams and um yeah, Denmark when like I signed a one year deal, but like I got a young family and um, you know, you're trying to find a home in Europe where you're not moving around too much, especially when you got kids involved and you sign the one year deal and you go there and prove you can do it. And you finish second league and score and win the championship. And I go in for my exit meeting and they're like, you're a great guy. You're a great player. You're, this you're that and it's like but we we don't want you back and it's like <laughs> <laughs> Why not? and then, like I I remember going walking out to my car and standing there with my hands over my head like what am, what <laughs> like what do I do now I got like I think we had a bun in the oven and Colby was little and I was like oh my god like we we have to move again <laughs>
2: well and to be crazy because you, for you, you would probably have felt like you did what you're supposed to do. Exactly. You, yeah. You, you won the championship. You were putting up points.
1: Why wouldn't they want you back? And that—that's when I was like, I'm in my head. It did toys with you, right? You're like, am I the bad guy? Am I the bad guy in the room? Like, what? And it it toys with you. And then actually, the next year, I had this revelation. I was struggling in Cardiff. I wasn't playing well. Confidence was low. And I I wasn't playing much because I wasn't playing well. And then I remember sitting there on the bench and I'm thinking, I'm going to get my MBA. This seems like it's my last year of hockey because I ain't doing very well in the UK league. And um, I realized, I'm like, if this is how I'm going out, I'm going out and having fun. I don't care anymore. I'm going to go out and just enjoy the game. And I went out the next shift and did a backhand slap shot pass (laughs) between my legs, like fake slap shot, and then hit it with the backhand to a guy in the power play when I was at the top of the umbrella. And nobody said anything to me because it, it went to the guy. And uh, then I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to have fun from now on. And then I started doing spin a and putting it between my legs. And then all of a sudden I was having fun and um, the team actually started winning. And then we won a trophy that year. And then all of a sudden my love for hockey was totally back. <laughs> nice. Yeah, weird. But yeah. not getting asked back can really piss a guy off, right? Yeah.
2: But uh, on the other hand, What I, you know, that's how I felt for a long time. And then this year in Krim Chow, I have my exit meeting and, you know, the coach tells me, you know, we had our, we had a good talk, really good. And then he tells me, so Wally about next year, you know, we're we're interested, but we're not sure. And, you know, I have my priority list and, you know, you're kind of, so, you know, I totally understand if you know you have other things and you sign somewhere else, but anyways, and then I find out over Instagram Nick Walters, Jasper um, Lindste, Tyler Grunn will no longer be playing for the ice problem. So going back to Castle, at least I can respect the fact that he looked me in the eyes. And
1: told, told you me, right off right to your face.
2: Yeah. I, I that's what I can respect because the way that the, it ended in Crimen is you know they kind of told me they weren't sure. we liked you. it was a pleasure working with you. I can see working with you again and then a month later and, and then I, all of a
1: sudden that's not what they're saying and they didn't tell you to yeah and um I I do know what that's like because when I was in Sundaryski there in Denmark and we do we are freshly won the championship. I I think I had like a point of game in playoffs. Like, and I was, we win the championship and I'm second in the league in the regular season. And then they tell me they don't want me back to my face, which that's cool. I knew right off the hop I needed to find a new job. But then, like, to me, I don't think that needs to hit elite prospects immediately after I just won a championship that says Brent Walton to unknown. And then there's an article saying we're not having this guy back next year when I just won a championship for you, you know?
2: Yeah. Sometimes I just think some, sometimes it can just be more professional,
1: you know, like, yeah. Just- like they, they don't need to have an article saying I'm not coming back. Like give me some time to say, to help me find a job. Like yeah. if you like me and you know, like I don't think that needs to go out there right away for any teams listening to me right now. Right. Cause it's my shed and I can say whatever I want. I don't think you should do it. If you like the guy, if you hated the guy and you really don't like him, send it out there to unknown, right? Yeah.
2: That's right. crazy. Stuff, the things that go on in hockey.
1: It really is. And that's when pro hockey sometimes isn't everything it's cut out to be. But to me, when I look back on it now, especially since I've started, this is all of these, I guess, losses in my life. I considered them at the time when a team wouldn't want me back. I would take it very personally um, as a player and as a person and then it, I realize now, it's given me the opportunity to meet all these people and play all over the world and understand all these different leagues and countries. And if I wouldn't have had those losses, right, then I wouldn't have the shed family I do, right? <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. I agree with that. And I bet you you're gonna enjoy playing w- solid bowls with Schmitty, right?
2: Yeah, I'm, and I'm super excited. And you know, when this whole thing came about, and I was signing there, you know, they had legit interest in me told me that you know they've had their eye on me for a while they weren't sure if i wanted to stay in the del 2 or come down and yeah they, they and everything and and dealing now with apartments and you know my girlfriend's uh starting at a job here 3 weeks before we actually have to be there and you know talking to them is it okay if we can move into the apartment early everything with them has been totally professional they've been nothing but awesome to me and that's and wow. great They're-
1: to hear and um I I'd love to hear stuff like that and it also as a hockey player it's always nice to be feel wanted right
2: Yeah 100% and yeah. and they and you know for the over they want to move up they want to you know put their so best So they're
1: putting push- in money and they're trying to build a squad and that winning yeah. games is way more fun than the opposite right And and I've been on some teams that didn't win a lot of games <laughs> Well, when you're in Krimit Chow and Vice Vosser, you're kind of signing up for it. <laughs> well, I, I signed
2: up for the year the Selb Wolves when we, right. they had just won the Overliga. And then when I signed there, it was going to be their first year in the Dell too. And we had COVID problems. I remember we went into Ravensburg, second place team in the league. We have nine players and our backup goaltender and they have their full squad both goalies four rolling four lines we got spanked 13 to 2 i think
1: <laughs> and playing those games you're just so deflated as a hockey guy and a competitor it is deflating stuff when you're in a squad like that <laughs> and four four defensemen
2: 37 minutes and but the yeah. league but 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 the league didn't want to cancel games they want because they just had the COVID season they wanted didn't matter they wanted to get the game done they didn't care what it looked like how it looked and it was kind of unfair but hey they can only make you a better person I think better player
1: yeah well there's interesting stuff that goes on in Germany when it comes to stuff like that like COVID would have been different but I remember a year when I was in Landsuit, my first year um landsbergs in the league and they basically go bankrupt and every one of their imports we were good players but like i was i was doing well too but like they their team goes bankrupt somewhat around christmas so all the imports leave they all go to the dl and i'm like wow these players all got to the dl like mid-season from a second league team like they were all good but like some of them stayed in the dl then for a decade because they finally got their chance and um they that team played the rest of the season with no imports and they would just get smashed by everybody because their top Germans had left too, because they didn't have money. And literally like, you'd know, you're playing them and you're like, how do you get up for a game like this? Cause you, you didn't, it, it was a bloodbath every time.
2: <laughs> yeah. I've been a part of a few of those. That's for
1: sure. <laughs> yeah. There's some dumpster fires with the money problems come, you know? <laughs> uh, so where is... Solly Bowls Halle. <laughs> where is it? It's about
2: from the city center of Leipzig to the city center of Halle, would be with the traffic maybe 40 minutes. Leipzig. I can't
1: even picture where that is.
2: Leipzig. <sighs> Do you know where Dresden
1: is? Yes. Okay. So you're up more north. Yeah. So it's like kind of like
2: the next state over. It's kind of like right in the middle of. The, of of uh, the Northern maybe.
1: Part. yeah yeah
2: okay yeah, I, anyone, see, i didn't
1: get up that way that much i went to dresden for a weekend which was awesome um i also stayed over in krimichow for a night with doug Andrews, shed guy we stayed over after a game and uh anyways we get at the krimichow arena that's quite the spot so,
2: so for krimichow it would be it would be from krimichow it'd be like an hour from krimichow hour and
1: 10 minutes from krimichow yeah. So I got an idea where you're at then. So what, do you know what the barn's like where you are going? Uh, Camp, yeah. Can't uh, be as cold as Krimichaff.
2: <laughs> no. Uh, yeah, it's actually a newer, I think it's a newer barn. It's called the Sparkasa Ice Dome. And yeah, it's. The Ice from, I, what I What I can remember, we played a preseason game there when I was in Castle. And I don't have to worry about this anymore. The away dressing room wasn't maybe the greatest, but I've, from what I've heard and, you know, knowing guys, they told me that the dressing room is really nice. The fans are awesome. It's loud. Um, they treat you really well. They have a good uh, training staff. They have a athletic coach. They have physio. Like, I've heard nothing. Honestly, I've heard nothing but good things when it comes and, to hollow
1: and it's interesting when you get to Germany and at the start of seasons it's very clear who's supposed to be at the top of the table and who's supposed to be at the middle and who's supposed to be at the bottom and when you go to a team that's trying to be at the top they treat it differently and it's be refreshing to be going to a team that's trying to get to the second league right
2: for sure I mean uh, you know so the the way that my last three years went are I came to Vice Foster, which. I had a really good time here, but it was the COVID season. It didn't really matter where you played, who, what city you were in, because you couldn't um, do anything. And there's no and fans. Then, then, then I went to Selb, and I knew it was going to be a tough year. Maybe not as tough as it was, but I knew it was going to be tough. And But at the end of the day, that year, we did what we set out to do. We kept the, the license. The- we, we stayed in the Dell too. So that was an accomplishment that I kind of took, you know, like I did something good because, you know, I helped the team stay in the Dell too. Yeah. And then German Chow was kind of a tough year for me personally. I uh, severed a tendon in my finger in the third preseason game. Mm -hmm. Had to get surgery. Missed half a season. Came back. I think I played 26, 27 games this year. And then at the end of the season, when it was over, uh, I had to get another surgery on the fi- on the same finger. And then the star team in Kermichau this year, we were supposed last year they finished sixth. They wanted to have another really successful year, and nothing went right this year for us. Just no, just
1: nothing. Couldn't yeah. win when we were supposed to win. And-, and getting injured sucks. And when, like, you're missing games and you can't, When you do come back, everybody's been playing all season and have gone through training camp and are, uh, you know, it's it's hard to be at the right level after an injury. No matter how many bike rides you do and bag skates you do, they they've been, you know, playing against each other all season. And um, it being injured sucks. There's no way around that. Um, It was,
2: it was a, it was just a tough year. You know, team wise, personally, it was just overall is tough. I remember how many bike rides, how many workouts, how many stairs i ran how many you know trying and then you get back to it and you know they they were three months ahead of me simple as that the rest of it it's it's
1: the hardest times i had in my life were when i was injured and i was a hockey player i think it was i was you want to be a part of it it's the same as like when we were talking in the ahl when you don't get to go have lunch with the boys you're not walking out of the arena with them at the same time when you're injured you're doing different things and you're not a part of it you're not out at practice joking around and you're not in on the inside jokes because you weren't there when it happened and it sucks
2: yeah you know and the bus rides you know to and from after you win how nice is a bus ride you know you're not
1: you're, so, you're all sitting up chatting. In Germany, you have a, a, a beer on the bus, right? <laughs> yeah,
2: one or two sometimes.
1: Right, one or two. I don't know. The game might have changed. Um, there was a season or two where like, we could have – there were – cases <laughs> it depended on the win right <laughs> yeah it depends on the win and if you have a day off the next day and yeah oh yeah the friday games you don't you don't do that but the sunday games you win a road game on a sunday and you got monday off should be yeah, a good yeah. trip
2: <laughs> after uh you won both games on the weekend should be a good trip yeah yeah
1: definitely but um when speaking of the small world we talk about and staying up is this season they had bryce reddick and richie and I spoke with them both when they were about to go into the relegation round and they were trying to stay up again. And he told the story of how you guys accomplished it the year before. And then they did it again. And after they won, because, because I had chatted with them in the shed, which just warms my heart, They Richie thought to FaceTime me from the locker room. And I got to have a beer with them in the locker room after they had just stayed up in the second league. And I thought, man, I feel like I'm a part of the squad here and I'm seeing shed guys so happy. They just won. And to feel like you're part of the game again and you're like part of teams again, it's the best.
2: (laughs) Yeah, And that's probably ought to be hard. eh? now that you're retired, you, you probably miss those all the time. Hey.
1: Well, and that's, that's why this has been so good for me mentally and for like, when it was hard getting out of the game, it really was. I had no team. Uh, My kids weren't on teams yet. They were just in the tight where you skate around pylons. And there's two things. It's been starting this and seeing all my friends again and getting to relive all the fun we had and all some of the winning. Uh, But then also like I'm coaching kids now and I have like teams that we get to go to tournaments, try and win trophies. We try and win all Ontario's. And I get to build a team and a culture the way I think hockey should be. And it's life-changing stuff.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So, I, and like how when you were on with Jerry, you know, I can't even think about that. It makes me really nervous. And, you know, like at least, you know, you went to school and, you know, I was a Western leaguer. I tried the school thing for a year. wasn't for me. Jumped into pro. And, I mean, I, I'm a little bit younger than, you know, you and Jay for example so hopefully I have a few more years but yeah it's crazy and I'm not it's, looking forward to the day
1: when yeah and it happens it to be honest it, like for me it was so weird that I went from being like the youngest import in the second league in Germany when I went over there um, to then being the guy with kids in car the only guy with uh, kids in Cardiff when I went there and it's like I'm the old guy on the team and like I'm the guy with a kid and to think of how fast it went, it's nuts. <laughs> Crazy. Yeah, I know. I,
2: I, I still remember my first time coming over to Denmark with my buddy. We were living in the same apartment, not making very much money because it was just an opportunity to get to Europe and having a blast. And now I'm
1: almost 30 and eight years gone by already. Like, uh, Yeah, so... That's a, well, I got asked about this then. So you go to Denmark as an import, um, right? And then how do you find out you can get a German pass? It looks like you got one. Did you get that right away? Did you go into Castle right away as a German? So
2: I, so I did the coast and I blew my shoulder out and I was, after one year in the coast, I was sick of, I mean, I was in that North Pacific division when you're going from Rapid City, South Dakota, down to Allen, Texas, 19 hour bus rides and then you're doing 12 yeah. hours that came up to wherever so then i decided to go to denmark got in contact with a european danish agent and it was late already for european uh standards yeah. of trying to get over yeah he found me a spa in Odense, um and me and actually my buddy who just came out of the cis and he the way it kind of worked was they basically took the two of us for the price of a player and a half that they would pay. So, but it was an opportunity and I got to come over. So I'm sitting there having a really good year. First time in Europe, I'm enjoying it. And then I talked to my agent, just checking in at around Christmas time, new year's time. And he's asking me how I'm like in Europe. And I said, I I love it. And I love Denmark, but that's, it's cool for me because I'm so close to Germany. That's where my ancestors are. That's where my grandma was born. He goes, Oh, wait, wait a moment. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah, your your grandma was born in Germany. I'm like, yeah. He goes, hey, well, I have to set you up with an immigration lawyer, and you got to get on the phone with your grandma, and you have to see if she has any old documents and passports right and now. Birth <laughs> yeah, like right now. Yeah, and I was like, so basically, yeah. And then I got hooked up with a immigration lawyer. My grandma, thank it, because it made it so much easier because the the immigration lawyer probably could have found them, but my grandma had them, so it saved. It a lot of money and time. Yeah. And immigration lawyer took everything that we had and we found a team through my agent Castle who was willing to also speed up the process. Rico Rossi was the guy who actually pushed pushed it. And yes, I think it was 6 7 months later I had a German passport.
1: Um that's cool. And it's small world. Rico Rossi was my coach in Helbrand, I've had him on here um we had one of those exit meetings that was difficult in my life. Uh, that was the time I left Germany. Um, but he is a competitor. He wanted to win, and he has since. I know he won in Castle, and then he also has won in, like, Romania, right, um, when I had him on. But he is a competitor, and getting people to help you pull things off like that, right? Like, you don't know what you're doing. It's like the end of your career, folks. Free ads for the hockey players yeah. that don't know this. Is when you're done. If you haven't played so many months in Germany, you can collect your pension. And if you don't, it can sit there and you never know about it. Um, if you play over, I was right at the borderline at six years. So if you play over that, you can't collect until you're 65. But if you play under that, you can get a fellow to help you, or people to help you, and you can collect your pension right then from your time in Germany, and it can really help you out start life right. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. A hundred percent.
2: So, and it depends what your, what your plans are, you know, where, where you are, you know, some people might want to save it and keep, you know, collect that money when you're 65. And some people might say, I want it right now.
1: I need right. it right now. Or- and then like if you're looking to buy houses or stuff like that, when you're getting out of the game and you're trying to set up life or whatever, like sometimes you could use that uh, little nest egg that Germany's provided for you. And it is the only league I played in where there was a pension being paid into. And at the end of your time in Germany, you can collect it. And there are perks to playing in Germany. Say, for example, <laughs> you hurt your knee and you play for another six years and it goes again. And they do in fact, know that it's because of that first injury you can get compensation for injuries I lost here right oh you're back now but anyways germany does have perks when it comes to the other side of the game and being protected if you have a career-ending injury and things like that right i'm yeah, sure you for heard
2: sure 100 it does Cause yeah, I remember you know, going to the, Denmark.
1: I went to Denmark cause I'd heard about it in Germany for six years and that's my experience in Europe. And I go to Denmark and I'm like, so what happens? Say you blow your knee out, you blow your shoulder out, your elbow out and your career's over. And they're like, well, that would be, that'd be too bad. <laughs> you wouldn't get, a, you wouldn't get anything. You get a pat on the ass and thanks yeah, for coming.
2: Yeah. But in Germany, if you do that, then, you know, say your, your knee, then uh, the, the BG Yeah, they call it. Yeah, you know. And then also, if you and something that I'm gonna probably do this year is get private insurance. Right, and I because when you I never
1: got that, but I heard of guys that did. And then, um, you're paying that basically if that one of those injuries do happen, it would be more lucrative, right? Yeah, for sure. So, yeah,
2: yeah, no, I, I love Germany. I I think it's awesome. Even in the off season, you know that. Germany takes care of you. You can jump on the unemployment.
1: The Arbeitslosgeld, folks. I'm, yeah. I maybe or maybe have heard about it. I'm not sure, but the Arbeitslosgeld is yeah. You're not working in the summer. You don't have a contract, and you go on uh, the hockey players go on unemployment for the summer, and you get you get paid enough to have a fun summer, right? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> and that's way better than not having any income in every other league, right? <laughs> yeah. 100%. But you got to be German and be there to get it, right?
2: It helps a lot. I mean, you, you can do it as a, as an import. It just just takes a little more paperwork, a little bit more phone calls and talking. Yeah. And
1: But easier if you're German, yeah. I agree. Um. Okay. So, poster picks. Looks like you got a flexy stick. What's your flex? That thing looks like it flexes easy. 100, 105. Really? That's what, that doesn't sound that, I thought it was flexier the way it was snapping in a couple of years. Oh, I,
2: I'm hard on sticks though. So I go through so many sticks. Right.
1: Yeah. I could tell they were bending when you were going to pass. <laughs> so then um, the other poster pick, was that your mom then that made it overseas to see you? Yeah. My mom, other than the two COVID seasons,
2: she has been to Denmark. She's been two years to Castle vice foster didn't come because of COVID sell didn't come because of COVID and then Krimmagell. So yeah, she, my mom tries to
1: come every single year. Yeah. And it's it's memories, right? Cause it's places they usually wouldn't have gone in their life. Like my parents going to Cardiff, they didn't know what Cardiff exactly, was. Um, exactly. they, they'd never been to Germany. Uh, they would have never gone to Germany probably. And then you get to have that experience with them, right?
2: Exactly. And, and you know, it's so cool for me to see, you know, and I really wish my grandparents who are really German, they can speak German, everything. They never got the chance to come over.
1: Right. Yeah. You know,
2: I I think it's so cool for my mom, even my dad, my sister's been, my brother's been already. They've come to visit me. You know, the, those are, if I, if I would have never have jumped over here. Yeah. You know it, wouldn't give them a reason, you know, my sister before she did a European trip, but you know, it doesn't give them
1: a reason to come more often, you know? Oh yeah. And then like, it is more fun when you go places and you have friends to hang out with and you show up and like, like we, like my old man would come, my parents would come, my sister would come and you got your crew of buddies that you're like, let's go all go out for dinner together. And then they, you become a big hockey family.
2: Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. 100%. Anywho, um, other poster picks was um, Team Canada. You're playing hockey in a Team Canada jersey. That was, uh, I went down
2: to Australia uh, and did the, what was it called? The Ice Hockey Classic uh, run by Kerry Goulet, if you know who that is. I don't. Um, He puts on every, he tries to put on every year uh it's to build the game in Australia the game of hockey and he it's I actually it's all word of mouth and you know uh but did yeah, invited I had, and
1: knowing people yeah
2: and I had the opportunity my buddy called me that I actually hadn't talked to in probably two or three years and he just said hey Wally what are you doing this do you do in the summer you want to go to Australia for 16 days flights paid hotels paid per diem every day yep yeah why not for sure so <laughs> yeah. yeah and we, went down there we played i think it was two game, one game in brisbane one game two games in sydney and one game
1: in melbourne and you had to go enjoy all those towns in between matches right <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah did and that's you eat literally- kangaroo yeah Th- that's literally all we did we didn't practice we literally just played the games did
1: you eat kangaroo
2: oh uh yeah i had a kangaroo burger
1: <laughs> i've heard about these things how was it's- it
2: good it was it's it's a little different but at the end of the day it was like it's still a burger for me it was nothing
1: crazy okay so what's your favorite german meal then because i love german food people wonder why i got fat and asked to kind of leave well you're feeding me too good of food and beer
2: my yeah my favorite probably just your simple schnitzel with an egg on top oh uh boiled potatoes and a salad. That's it's it's simple, it's easy, but it's
1: I don't know. I'm a, are you talk an egg on top of a schnitzel?
2: Yeah, like a sunny side
1: up egg on a, on schnitzel. Top of a schnitzel. I've never had that.
2: There's a lot of ways yeah. to
1: schnitzel. I've never schnitzeled like that. Yeah, yeah,
2: I don't know. I went to a restaurant and it's actually a pretty common thing. Huh. Here's another I'm, weird with this uh and I actually had it for the first time this summer. My girlfriend's mom made it. Mashed potatoes, yeah, with two sunny side up eggs on it. On mashed potatoes, on and I never, you know. So is that I, a breakfast
1: I, meal? Is that for frühstück <laughs> No, that's mittagessen. Mittagessen, you know. Yeah. I have a yeah. nick for abundance.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, and hey, I I always like to try things once, and I tried yeah. it.
1: I a great meal interesting is there anything else on the plate other than the two eggs and the mashed potatoes no nope, that's lunch sounds good yeah i'm gonna see you learn from other people folks that's hockey right yeah so it works you go over these places and you learn a lot of stuff about how pe- other people live life and there's a lot of different ways to do things and not everybody already has it right you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah um what else do I got? There is a picture of you for your poster picks. You're playing for Seld, and you're absolutely crushing a guy. Hit or fight? Hit.
2: Yeah, I've had a couple. That's part of my game. I I like to hit. It's okay. always been part of my game. So there's always usually a few pictures of me hitting guys. So,
1: well, that one you were really bearing the guy. I. I hit a few guys and, you know, it always goes a different way, but sometimes when you really hit a guy clean, it can feel good, right? (laughs)
2: Yeah. Especially when it doesn't hurt you. Exactly.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's when they know it's coming. I always liked hitting a guy that didn't see me coming. I'd like to sneak up on him, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah. Those are awesome because it's, it's all nice when you hit a guy, but, and you knock him over. But when you go back to the bench and you're just like,
1: you're tri- oh, yeah your shoulder's yeah. not right your ribs aren't right and you're trying you're breathing a little funny <laughs> yeah. yeah and you're like why did i do that i wouldn't feel like this now <laughs> right sure um other poster pick is you skating with your gal then and like it looks like a sweet barn outdoor where's that that's in krimichow we had uh that's the krimichow, krimichow. barn with the forest yeah. in the background i, I always top talk top. about it yeah you're playing hockey and you can see the forest <laughs>
2: yeah it's actually really, it's cold, but really in the winter in Kermanchow, it's really a during the day when all the trees have the snow on them and you see the spruce trees, it's actually really beautiful.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah I could picture that. I always enjoyed when it would be really cold and the fans would actually still be topless hitting drums and drinking glue vine.
2: All night long.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Go Ice Pirates, right? That's a cold barn and your fans can still get topless. Good for you guys. That's. that's being a gamer right (laughs) okay so what else I'm jumping all around now but uh, the other poster pick was uh, you coming out I think it was Selb and they got like pyrotechnics they got the flames coming out Um, they were getting introduced in Germany can really get your blood flowing right when the fans chant your name and the light it it can be pretty exciting to go out and play hockey right (laughs)
2: Yeah, especially, like, uh, I don't know what the exact word is, but the fan section, when they're, like you said, they're doing their their drums. and They're into it. Yeah, and they go, like, Nick, and then the the whole crowd yells Walters, for example, then, yeah, Yeah. it can really up for a game.
1: I totally agree. And then the other poster pick I got that goes with that is, that's pregame. After the game, there's a poster pick of you guys out. You know, you got your shoulder pads off. And you're waiting for the fans to tell you what you're going to do. And you do your big celebration on the ice. Isn't it interesting going back on the ice in Germany?
2: Yeah. There's sometimes you don't want to do it. No. You'd, well,
1: but, when you don't win and they want you like to do it anyways. Yeah. That, yeah. I, but, I don't, I don't need to, I don't need to see the fans again. We lost. We didn't earn it. Right.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. C- catch us when after a game we win. That's but, right. But, the picture that you're talking about actually, that was actually a really cool day. It was in Castle and Castle, I don't know if they still do it, but that year all those fans came down, they trained down to Lansuit. And then we won the game. And I think if we won the game, then the players got to train back with the fans all the way back to Castle and you know, have beers and have a good time and Yes. And we won and we had, I think in Lansuit, we had like, I don't know, there must have been 600, 700 fans. That's, and,
1: that's fun. That's fun.
2: Yeah. Uh, that
1: Lansuit to Castle seems like it'd be kind of far for, you'd be pretty well a puddle by the time you get back, I think, but yeah, at there least some a, guys would be.
2: <laughs> yeah. There's a few of us that needed a taxi when we got home. <laughs>
1: Um, well with the Beatingheim Steelers, like at our lowest of lows there, when we were trying, we were trying to have fun and we were trying to be a good team and we were, we just weren't good enough. We didn't have good enough players. And we had a game to go to Rosenheim and the coach booked the train deal where the fans come on the train. They had a full bar on it, kegs, the full deal. It's exciting. Uh, but we lost the game. And um, then you get on a train with fans that are asking, you know, what's wrong with the team? Why is it so different than when we won all this stuff? And you're trying to have fun and get to know the fans and enjoy it. But like, then they start asking all the questions of what's wrong. And it's like, well, I don't know how to say the team doesn't have the same amount of money and the players aren't as good, but that's what's happening, (laughs) you know? But if we would have won that game, it would have been a totally different experience.
2: (laughs) Yeah. It's crazy how they can go from like, you win and you're untouchable nothing you do is wrong you, yeah. like you you could turn the puck over right pizza city hot yeah. delivery but if you win the game they won't talk about it
1: no no then you're, if, you're you're then you're good <laughs> yeah.
2: you do the same play and you lose well oh, that Brett Walton hey this yeah guy, this, oh, yeah. Guy, there, an,
1: yeah it's uh there's highs and lows and it's definitely winning and losing in germany they take it very seriously and it's true Pro hockey is serious, but, um you know, sometimes it doesn't go your way and whatever, and it's like, well, if we get this wound up about losing, we might not win the next game. We should maybe try and s- stay not too high, not too low, you know? <laughs> yeah, and have fun and try and have fun, right? So, anyways, growing up in St. Albert, Alberta, I don't know where that is. How big's that town?
2: St. Albert is a suburb now, hey, back then, but now – you couldn't even leave Edmonton, and you'd be in St. Albert. You wouldn't even know that you're in St. Albert. It's a suburb of Edmonton.
1: Oh, okay. So I got you. Yeah. So you play AAA for your hometown, St. Albert, or that, whatever it's called, um, off Edmonton. But um, you get drafted eighth overall to Everett. That is high. I was the last pick of the draft of the OHL. The very last one.
2: <laughs> yeah, it was... Uh... Really cool experience. I remember that whole experience. Um, you know, talking how many scouts called that year. and I'm playing bantam hockey, right? How many scouts, you know, however they find your parents' number, who they call to get your parents' number, the phone would ring all the time. And mom and dad would, I'm sitting downstairs playing video games or whatever I was doing. Hey, Nick, come, the phone's for you. You know, hey, this is Jim, whatever from Swift Current. This is Bob, whoever from Yeah, Tri City Americans. It was re- it's really cool. It was a really cool experience in my life. And at that and- age,
1: that you would feel pretty cool because, like, I just thought it was cool. I was getting ranked to be drafted, and then when I did get drafted, I'm like, wow, that's neat. But when you're one of the like high end prospects, I've never been through anything like that.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was 14 years old, and yeah, felt like that's, pretty. Yeah yeah but i I felt pretty cool and yeah and then i got drafted pretty high and once you get drafted then people start to you know take even more notice and yeah Yeah. so
1: yeah and uh would have been a pretty big day then to make that team pacific um canada right
2: yep uh dude that's a long time ago i'm trying to think where and me, uh, I was actually really lucky. Me and my teammate in Everett, we both got to go. And uh, we actually lived together, me and my teammate, we lived together. So when we got the call, we got at the and same what's time. his name? Uh, Yari Eriksson. He doesn't play hockey anymore. He he had concussion problems at the end of his junior career. And That's tough. after, it, yeah, he's a great hockey player and, yeah, just had concussion problems. And after, I think, his 19-year-old season, he – shut her down and uh haven't really talked to him and i think he works he's from prince george british columbia up north british columbia and he just works a normal job now and don't uh, we all (laughs) we got the call we got it together and we thought it was super cool that we got to go and do this thing together and
1: yeah no that would be that would be really cool i couldn't imagine making team ontario when i was trying out for it um like we had Spezza, Derek Roy and all these guys and I'm out there trying out them. I'm like, this is neat. <laughs> you know? Uh, anyways, but the thing I was going to say about your special day there when you guys are out on the ice and you're going out to see the fans again is back when I played hockey, I had a big blue Nokia handy is what they call it in Germany for a cell phone. And I had this big Nokia phone that like the only game on it was the worm game where you get a dot around the screen and we couldn't take i couldn't take videos of the fans and stuff on the ice but some of those nights if i could have taken a video of what was going on on the ice and shared it with people in canada they would not believe what fans and hockey is like in germany and some of the things you do after a game and a win right
2: (laughs) yeah i mean like the worm like talking about the worm on your phone we've done the worm where you grab tables or whatever and
1: yeah the worm or as as other people on this has referred it to as the caterpillar where the whole team gets together and you grab the guy's heels in front of you um i personally think that's the stupidest one i've ever seen um i feel like a donkey doing it uh, but i feel like a donkey quite a bit and it you know what fun is fun and if that's what they think is fun we'll do it but i don't see the fun in that the what the favorite things i saw where when goalies could do, like, somersaults or flips and stuff on their skates or, like, do this cool stuff or you get a guy pretending to kayak down the ice or belly slide, Um, people had fun after you won in Germany, right? (laughs) And and, it would have been cool to have a phone to video it.
2: Yeah. And, uh, you know, and to show your kids, for example, you know, a a first-person view of what you got to experience
1: doing that. Uh, and I'm actually winning the second league and beating him. I'm actually really glad social media wasn't a thing. Cause I, 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 I got, I got pickled. <laughs> I, yeah. I could get away from you the second day folks winning is exhausting, <laughs> yeah. but there is no social media. So it's good. Right. Um. So anyways, your OHL or not OHL WHL career. Then you get to Everett does is the team. All right. Or how's it go? You, Cause when yeah. you're, You're a young, probably underager, and that's a young age to start junior hockey with, like, 20-year-olds, right?
2: Yeah, so my first year, I was 16, and the rule was, I don't know if it still is, uh, back when I played in junior, when you made the team at 16, or if the team was going to take a 16-year-old, you had to make sure that that player got in 42 out of the 72 games. So if okay. the team was going to take a 16-year-old, then he had to play 42 games. And so I think I got that year 48, but there was a lot of games. And I had uh, my head coach that year. My first year was Craig Hartsburg. Yeah. And he was old school, hard nose. And he didn't love young, young guys. Really, yeah. he didn't. Um, but I got into, yeah, 48 games. I learned a lot that year. And then I came back my second year. New we had a new coach, Craig, uh went up to the N H back to back to the NHL. And the new coach came in and he really believed in me and I had a really good year. It also helped me, I think, a lot too, uh to get drafted. We had Ryan Murray on our team. Yeah, he went overall in the NHL draft that year.
1: I remember when he was on the world juniors, yeah. Yeah.
2: And we always had a lot of of scouts in our ranks because guys the yeah. there to watch him but i had a really good year and i i fought whoever i could fight and i hit whoever i could hit and i shoot the puck as much as i could and had a decent year uh for me points wise and yeah and i ended up catching some eyes and i ended up getting drafted
1: yeah fourth round and so you do do some fighting too then that's a little bit more uncommon in germany <laughs>
2: In junior hockey, I used to really enjoy fighting. And then once I moved over like you enjoyed to, it.
1: You'd have like a smile on your face like, this is fun. Because I know guys that enjoy fighting. Well, I mean, the, the
2: way that I got into a lot of my fights is hitting guys. My favorite right. player growing up was Dion Phaneuf.
1: Okay, so, yeah. You're you're, you're you're having some collisions on the ice then.
2: <laughs> and then those usually would turn into, after you blow a guy up, into someone yeah. jumping you or yes. something like that. So, yeah, and then uh, had a really good year, got drafted, went back to Everett for my 18-year-old season, and the GM who drafted me in the first round and everything, he got fired. The new GM came in, cleaned house. And brings in his guys, yeah. Traded me across in the Western League, across the world, to Brandon Manitoba from Mm -hmm. Seattle. Basically, Everett is in Seattle, and then traded me all the way to Manitoba. Farthest team that I could have got traded to <laughs> and uh, got to play for uh, Kelly McCrimmon, the, who's now the GM of the Vegas Golden Knights. And Isn't man, it cool
1: seeing guys that were your coaches and that like you respect, do good things in hockey?
2: Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Ha- the, yeah. The, the Toronto Maple <laughs>
1: Leafs <the> <laughs> just hired my Daytona Beach bomber coach. It was the last year he was a head coach. Um, he went into pro scouting with Penguins after that, but the Ma- Toronto Maple Leafs just hired a Daytona beach bomber as their assistant GM. And that's cool. Cause I feel like I can almost be a part of that because I, I was part of the team that went to the finals with Dayton bombers that were going bankrupt. And um, we had fun and we still found a way to win. And that helps change that guy's career and gets him more opportunities. And then you see a good guy that was my most influential coach, get a position like that is uh just heartwarming you know
2: really it is yeah
1: yeah so And that, that's cool he's a head gm too he yeah
2: and the next year he uh okay. 20 games into the season he ends up trading me to lethbridge in my signing year and this was the year that lethbridge was the worst team in the whole canadian hockey league
1: when you're into your signing year which is a big year in junior hockey they traded you to the worst team. Worst team in the
2: whole, not just the Western league, the Western league, the OHL and the Q. the worst team. Oh, that's a tough day <laughs> when you get traded there. eh? The uh, part of the reason I truly believe I didn't end up signing with St. Louis. Yeah. Uh, Cause you know, when you're on good, decent teams or really good teams that really helps you when you're winning and you win games, you know, but yes. I got to, traded 20 games into that year, my signing year uh, to Lethbridge. And I think when I got to Lethbridge after 20 games or 19 or 21 games, whatever it was, they had only won three games. (laughs) And I played 54 more games or whatever it was, 55 more games for that team that year. We only won nine more games.
1: I talk about it all the time. Winning like, Dale Mitchell says, Winning breeds something different. Winning gets people noticed. Scouts, teams show up to watch finals. They show up to find out who's on a third line or second line or first line. That is what is making this drink stir. And they go to find out why teams are winning. And when you're not on a winning team, it is so hard to go to the next level, to go different places. When I was at Western Michigan, I was running amok. And like, there's a year I was fourth in NCAA in scoring. And I wasn't having anybody coming watch me because we were in eleventh place out of twelve teams. You know,
2: a hundred percent. And I honestly, truly believe that the uh, St. Louis. You know, why would they come watch me play the Edmonton Oil Kings, who ended up winning the? Memorial how can Cup? you
1: How can you look good when you're when you're yeah. on a team you know, that's brutal? You can't. It's when you're playing in your own end. You can't look that good. <laughs>
2: no. So didn't work out. And I remember they called me and they just said, Hey, Nick, uh, you know, we're not going to sign you. Um, Not really your fault. It's a business. You got traded to a very not so good or shitty situation. And, you know, don't give up, you know, there's lots of overage players who get chances and opportunities and whatever. It's been a pleasure to get to know you over the last two two years since we drafted you. Best of luck moving forward. Never spoke to the guy that I would talk
1: to every two to three weeks. Never spoke to him again. And that's how it works. And um, the one I always remember was when I went to Helbron, we signed a guy out of the coast, David Fisher, a D-man. He had been a first rounder to the Montreal Canadiens, like a first rounder, and he never signed with them. And then when you get to know the guy, he's a competitor. He practices hard. He's tall. He can skate. And um, like he's good in all situations. And you get talking to him, and you're like, what happened with Montreal? Like, how do you not sign as a first rounder? And he said, well, the GM that tr- drafted me got fired. And then you don't, they want to bring in their people and their guys. And it changes everything that you don't have the people in your corner. And then when you do get released, kind of like, say, me in Denmark, it's like, um, when you're let go, then all these other teams are like, well, what's the issue there? Like, why is he let go? Right. And it's, yeah. it's, ah, piss you off. Right.
2: <laughs> yeah. But you know, and, and I was really bitter about that for a long time. I really struggled with, because, you know, I get first round Western league pick, get drafted fourth round, doing Everybody's really going well.
1: the way it's supposed to go.
2: then one day you get traded, it doesn't work, you know, but I, I battled, I struggled, and but now I'm at a point now in my in my life and in my hockey career. I I there, how many guys would love to do what I'm doing? How many guys that I played with don't do this anymore and probably wish they they would be able to do it? And it took me it took me probably three four years to get past that I and to be able totally to not me.
1: So. It's, well, it's, it's how you look it. Yeah, it's like when I had left Western Michigan, and then when I got there, and I made defensive mistakes and practices that like they wouldn't trust me to play me in games because I I hadn't been taught properly how to play D zone and stuff, and then you see your window and your opportunities slipping away, and you can, you get like because that's what you were trying to accomplish, right? Is always the top, and then when you see it not happening, it can, right, mess with your head. It's like when I went to Germany for a while, and then I would see like a college teammate playing in the nhl that like i know i well i i know i could play with them and they're yeah, playing yeah. in the nhl and then you're like well what would have happened if i would have stayed back what would have happened if i would have done this and then all of a sudden you start playing the what if game instead of just enjoying what you're doing every day
2: 100 percent. and that's where i struggled huh?
1: you know what if yeah. i
2: never got created what if lethbridge yeah. was better you, you know but and that's when I got into my head, and then then you start thinking too much, and then you're not. And then the play, hockey. then
1: yeah, you got to be, you got to be feeling the groove to play your best hockey. And you got, it sounds like you got the right attitude now, and that you're gonna run amok with the mindset you got now, because you just got to enjoy it, and you got to realize not many people get to show up to play hockey for a job and like get compensated for it, right? hundred <laughs> percent.
2: And what I've come to learn is. You know, as as you know, it can end like this, so you should enjoy it as long as you can and make the best of where you are. And
1: yeah, one hundred percent. How
2: you have to look at it because it's going to end every day, or it's going to end for everybody at someday.
1: And that actually is one of like you see what people post on all the stuff, right? And there was a guy that was in the Southern Pro League this year, and he posted a video of packing up their bags when they got put out of the playoffs and he put up the the day where you're cleaning out the locker room and he shows all the guys cleaning out their bags and i just wrote to him i'm like man i remember those days you almost feel sick to your stomach cuz like i said the same hockey team never happens twice some of those guys you know you're never going to see again and you're also what that day is the the end of the chapter that like you're one more hockey season closer to being done the ride <laughs> yeah 100 so yeah anywho um okay we talked about everything really other than you then you went to the university of calgary so you didn't do it for a year so were you thinking of like doing being the school guy or were you just doing that to get more ready for pro
2: that that's one decision. If I could go again and and do differently, I would do that differently because they give you a grace period after after the Western League for to use your. So for every year that you play in the Western Hockey League or in the Ontario League or the Q, you, you get, get one. School. You get one free year of tuition and books, but they give you a grace period. Um, that you I think it's six months. You can go. And if after six months you decide pro is not for you, you can come back and you don't have to redshirt or anything. And if you go for a year, then if you do decide after a year to go back, then you have to redshirt. And not play for a year. Or or, or half a season or whatever it was. And I should have went right away after junior. I remember after the 20-year-old season in uh, Lethbridge, me and this one other one of the other 20 year olds, we got asked to go down to the coast, South Carolina and finish the year there. And it had been such a long two years there in Lethbridge after all the, everything I had just talked about.
1: Yeah. losing sucks. And that'd be exhausting losing every game.
2: And I just said, I'm not going. And then that summer, you know, then the university start, they see the 20 year olds that aren't under contract to pro. And then they start talking or calling and they want to talk to you and then you know i went home that summer and i have the university of alberta university of calgary university of regina university of maybe i don't know lethbridge they all want you to come play and they'll whatever and my parents and everybody they said you should go to school you can still play hockey still go to school and you know it, it'll be a good opportunity you get your education you're going to be better for it but i and i, I listened to them i was i i said yeah 100 percent. you guys are right but if i i should have went and played pro and i should have seen what you know the east coast is all about before going just, to school because when i went to school i always said in my head i can always go back to pro
1: yeah yeah
2: you know I, we just go do that again. So when I went into school, I didn't go in with a very good mindset. Yeah. And it was my first time not living with anybody You were
1: fully committed. Yeah.
2: No, I, I was not. And I, it was my first time, you know, my own apartment roommate, we had no rules. We had no curfew, had way too much fun and not enough serious about school and where I think well, if that, I would so have after
1: went- junior when you have curfews and you're probably living with billets and stuff, right? It's like you're held accountable by someone else, and then it's yeah. probably your first year where you're like, I get to make these own decisions, like when I go to bed, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. So I and and I was pissed off at the world too because yeah. workouts, and I just tried to have as much fun as I could when I could, and Man. yeah, so but we all have, you know, things that we could do differently. And it's something that I would, but that's in the past. And
1: it's all part of the path. You go down, right. And it's like, if I would have known, if I would have known what pro was like going to that AHL at the end of my senior year, like I, I would have had, I would have had to not have any fun with my teammates when the season ended. I would have had to find some ice that Broncos would have had to get me ice time. So I could keep skating to be ready to go. And I didn't realize it was going to take two weeks to go. And then I haven't skated in two weeks I'm jumping into an AHL game. It's like, if I would have known what it was like, like, and that's what you're saying is like, you didn't know what the coast is like. You didn't realize how not fun it can be. Right. (laughs) Yeah.
2: 19 hour bus rides and stinky time machines. And yeah, it's yeah.
1: Guys farting. And yeah, it's, it's like, you gotta be the right age and they got the young guys in there now. Right. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. It's not, I don't, the coast, some, the odd person can make it a career. Not many can, which actually your four games in the HL small world, Derek Nesbitt was on that team. Was he there for your four games? Yeah, for sure. yeah. Yeah. He's a shed I mean, guy. He's been on, he's now a coach. He's a coach in the coast after playing like 20 years in the coast, right? Like that's wild. He embraced the grind.
2: He's down in Atlanta, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, that was such a long time ago. And I just remember he, if I remember correctly, he's just a hard worker. Like you said, he enjoyed it. He enjoyed the, the minor grind.
1: Well, he's a, he's a gamer. He's a grinder, but like he had all the tools to play in any league and he was just an all around. He gave her, he was a winner. He knew what it was about. He still does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anyways, let's see what else I got here. Um, I don't, what's your favorite arena barn in Germany? Favorite, favorite. You, you know, can I can say barn or atmosphere because the barn doesn't make the atmosphere the people do.
2: So I really used to like playing in Beatingheim. Yeah. When they were, so they were in the Dell two my first two years, three years. And then they moved up to the Dell and now they're back in the Dell too. Yeah. But I enjoyed beating Heim. I loved playing in castle as a, as a castle Husky. I really enjoyed it. I hated castle as an away team.
1: I've never played for castle. So I only have one experience and it was awful playing there. I was, it was so hard. The fans were, they were all, they were given her and they're into it. And, um, it was a very hard place to play, especially when they have a stacked squad that's going for a championship. That was where <laughs> we lost in the finals in overtime. I don't want yeah. yeah. yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. So, yeah, probably. And then I think I always like playing in Lansuit. Lansuit's a great
1: <laughs> spot. I heard they dulled up their barn and it's a real oh, nice. Yeah.
2: Lots of money and it used to be kind of out of an outdoor rink and now it's an indoor rink they have a nice little jumbotron they have like the, kind of like the side uh video like kind of like the nhl does
1: and God, it's really it's nice wild yeah to yeah. think of what it was like when i played there and then i see pictures of the same arena now i personally think that's what you hockey should do is refurb the existing arenas instead of building brand new ones that all look the same uh, when when you have an old barn and then you fix her up a bit and you keep it going, that's awesome, and it keeps the history.
2: And that's what Castle's doing right now, Castle. Because when I played there, we had those old wood boards that, if you know, it felt like getting hit into like a brick wall. Yeah. And since I left Castle, they started doing renovations, and they I think they've put like I would think I don't know ten million euro into it. And it's Jesus. an unbelievable place. It's the same shell from the outside. The shell is the same, but you go inside and it's beautiful.
1: That's, that's cool to hear. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah. I mentioned the cell fans. I saw them when they won relegation, it was really neat to go in that locker room that night though. And then like, when I do something like that, then all of a sudden I start cheering for that team, you know, <laughs> just cause Richard's their captain. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I don't know what, Else, I really got. Um, it's been great getting to know you though. And I say, Shed guys, no shed guys. And like, everybody has an interesting path and different ways of things going. And, um, I, I, it's great to hear you're still enjoying being a hockey player and loving it. And playing in Germany is it made hockey fun again for me, uh, for the most part. Um, I love the culture in the room most seasons, I had a couple tough ones. But like most of the time when teams are teams in Germany and you're going out for lunches together, even hitting beer tents together or whatever it else it is, it is the funnest time ever, really.
2: Yeah, I mean, you probably know this better because you're done hockey now, but I don't think, you know, I'll ever live a, this again, you know, you,
1: you, you don't appreciate it like I didn't appreciate living in germany i didn't appreciate the history the culture the things i was getting to see every day the food i was getting to eat every day um the experience i was getting i was just playing and 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 trying my hardest and you're living but like it is something special to get to be over there for eight months and you're making money and playing the game you love and getting to know the world right
2: (laughs) yeah experience new cultures and it's awesome it really is so you should enjoy yourself and you may as well
1: win an Oberliga championship right
2: that's what i'm really trying to do this year i'm you know it's i think you know the rankings or whatever you want to call them we're supposed to be one of the better teams this year so i'm just it's all how it comes
1: together though right it's like how the guys mix it's like it it's all yep. depends on the different people you have on team whether or not it's going to work.
2: Yeah. So no, just knowing that though and going into it I'm excited for the opportunity and we'll see how it goes.
1: Yeah. Well, go uh what are they called? The Bulls, the Suli Bulls. Yeah. Soleil Yeah. Bulls Halle. Go them, right?
2: Yep. <laughs> the city, the city is Halle, and then Soleil is the river that goes through Halla.
1: That makes sense. And they're the bulls that go through that river hallway. (laughs) Well, now I'm going to be keeping an eye on how you guys are doing. And that's what I love about this is getting to know guys. And that like my whole thing about watching hockey is I like, well, keeping up with hockey is people I like and know. And it's like I have a hard time watching a hockey game where I don't know anybody um and this gets me more invested in hockey again and it makes me feel like part of the game again you know so thanks for stepping up on late notice and coming on because it's been great made my day better
2: yeah i appreciate it and thank you for having me and uh yeah it was a really fun time my first podcast and never thought i'd be in germany doing my first hockey podcast so that for free
1: that's fun and it is cool like when um everybody's leaving the cottage to go do something and i was like well i'm gonna try and book a pod for lunchtime then if you guys are gone and um and then to be able to write to you and you say yep i'll step up it's like that's how teams win and that's how this works and it makes my day better so thank you for making the time and you made my day better too so we'll leave it on that and this has been another episode of zero ales and hockey tales with the Wallies.
0: Some people clap on the one and three Some people clap on the two and four Some people don't join at all Because they got no rhythm And that's all right Some people, they drink too much Some people don't drink enough Some people are just like me I hope y'all forgive them I'm like Scott, cause I'm a band i like Pete's side and.